move of His Spirit. So God's being poured out in such a, an amazing way in us right now that we are really in the midst of God moving in like radical ways. Um, there's a guy that I met with this week and his name's Eric Moore and he's a pastor in Cherokee um, over in the Indian Reservation. Ironically, Eric Moore was the pastor who planted a church in Palm Harbor, Clearwater, while Jordan and I were there in, in Florida. And Jordan and the kids have been to Eric's church in Clearwater, Florida. Um, and one of our, many of our friends are overlapped. So many of the people we know. So now this, this man is half Cherokee and half uh, American or white, you'd call it. So he's pastoring this fellowship in Cherokee, North Carolina. And the Lord has finally released him to minister to his own people. So as of August 2nd, he opened his church facility that was given to him by the tribe. And they've not closed it. So it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so he's been traveling and he's planted many churches and many reservations across the United States and the Midwest for Lakota and for the Sioux Indian and for various other tribes. But he was driving from North Carolina into Townsend, into this region. His mother lives in Knoxville. He grew up in Knoxville and got saved on a basketball court at 10 o'clock at night by himself at 21 years of age. He asked the Lord, he said, is there, no, he didn't ask the Lord. He just said, is there anything that will love me unconditionally? And a voice came out of the sky and said, I am the only one that will love you unconditionally. Saved him, sent him home, had him read the book of Job, you know, because he had all these questions and he got to the end of the book and he was like, Job, covered his mouth and said, now I have seen you. And then he read the book of Romans and within 15 minutes, he said, all my questions were answered. And so he's committed his life to walk with, with Jesus. So this is the man that the Lord's been put on my heart to meet and interact with because of what God's doing in Townsend. He drives from North Carolina. As soon as he hits Newfound Gap, he hears the Holy Spirit release a word over him. And he says, out of these mountains is coming a new sound. It will be a new song and it will be with very many instruments, not the instruments you think of, but the banjo, the dulcimer, the flute, the, the war drum, the mandolin. He just, and he lists them all. He's talking about you know, the harpsichord and he just lists all these instruments. And this is a word, the Holy Spirit speaking to him. So from that, he names his church New Song. New Song. And over the church, so he's, this whole time I'm meeting with him, he's wearing this hat that says New Song. It's black hat, white writing, and it has this instrument, treble clef, on the top of it with notes on it. So Gary Holman came and shared with us the other day a vision he had. And this is the exact thing that's on the top of Eric Moore's hat. Mm. New Song who is a Cherokee who wants to worship with the war drum and the music. And so I'm telling him what, Eric, what Gary has released because if you guys remember what Gary said was the blueprint God gave him was that whatever facility is going to be placed in Townsend will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the purpose of honoring Jesus and worshiping him and lifting him up. So where I'm going with all of this is all of these things are pointing to one thing. The light will shine out of the darkness and it's going to be right here. It's going to be right here in this community. This will be a light to the nations. This isn't going to be a small thing. This isn't going to be hidden under a basket. It's not going to be something that we shroud and try to cover. This is something that will be the life to all men. 
See, this move of the Spirit is so different in the sense that... Here's where I'm going with this. Last week, the Holy Spirit had us talk about we are the testimony of Jesus. We are a prophetic picture. You are a prophecy in the making. You're a prophecy as you're living. You are prophetic. Because why? You're saved by Christ. You're going to be risen with Christ and you're going to live with Christ forevermore. So your life from the moment of salvation becomes a prophetic picture. You're prophesying to the destiny of who you are. By being alive and not consumed by evil because of the power of God to keep and hold you, you are prophesying to the coming of the Son of Man. Whether you go naturally or whether you go supernaturally, however you go, you're prophesying to the coming. Enoch was a prophecy of how the church would be caught up. Elijah was a prophecy of how the church would be caught up. These people are prophetic pictures. Everybody in the Old Testament was prophesying to Jesus. Everyone in the New Testament is prophesying to Jesus. You're prophesying to Jesus. I'm prophesying to Jesus. It's the reality of Jesus on earth. Okay? So once you understand that, then you have to come into this place where Jesus made these statements like, I'm the light of the world. And I didn't talk to Dave about what he was supposed to sing or how that was supposed to go. I just felt, hey, sing a song. And he just, I saw him look at Michelle like, are you kidding me right now? Because that's the Holy Spirit saying, this is exactly where we're at. Because I want people, the Holy Spirit is saying to me, I want you, Justin, and I want you to help others understand what it means to be the light. Because if you don't understand what it means to be the light, then you're chasing something that you can't achieve. Okay? So if we ever assume things and we ever come to things from this knowledge perspective, but we're missing it by one degree, we pursue, 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 but we never become. I mean, that's how people try to overcome addiction. They try to stop addiction through all these symptomatic trying and trying and trying and trying, and they never overcome because they're actually focusing on the wrong thing. They should focus on Jesus. They'll overcome the addiction because His grace is sufficient. So it's that working out of these things that that God wants us to do. So in John 12, 36, and I'm just going to paraphrase these. This is what he said. Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Okay? Believe in the light that you may become a son of light or a daughter of light, a child of light. Someone, I think David read the scripture, Ephesians 5, 8, where you said... Hannah read 5.8, and you've read 5.11. So 5.8 was what? Were the, were the children of light? The sons of light. You want to read it for us again? Okay, no problem. Put you on the spot. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So live as people of the light. So Jesus is saying this, if you believe in the light, then you're children of light. That's as simple as it is. What we've done in Christianity is we have added to believing in Jesus. So we take scriptures like Matthew chapter 5, which talks about the works of light, which is ever good, right, and true. And what we do is we focus on being good, right, and true through morality in order to be the light. Do you follow that? So if that is what God told us to do was be focused on the things you're supposed to do, right? Then you'll be the light. Then no one in this room is going to be the light. Why? Because sin that's common to a man, the temptations that are common to a man, you will fall to them every day. So what does that mean for your life? 
Well, just got to wake up tomorrow because His mercies are noon. I'll try to be a light. I might make it till 8.30, I hope. (laughs) Right? I mean, if it's based on that, you're never going to be a light. Why? Because even though you're outwardly could look like you're serving, you could be serving with the wrong motivation to get something out of it. And you're not light because you're wrecked in your motivation. You're wrong in your thinking. You're messed up in a, in a perception. You're, you're striking out. You're full of malice. Whatever it is in that moment, when God says, you are the light of the world, and you're going, but I'm grumpy, I'm angry, I'm rude, I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm this. I don't feel like the light. And so then you're like, so I'll just put on a happy face, and I'll just be nice to people. Now I'm shining my light for Jesus. No, you're a fake and a phony, and you're not light in that case. If that's what it depends upon, you get it? It's the heart of the matter, not the outward thing. So if you think it depends on how you are or what you, how you behave and how you are in the world, you're going to completely miss being the light of the world every time. So put on your happy faces and do all that stuff. It doesn't change the fact that if you believe in the light, you will become children of the light. Made one with them. So there's other, these other passages that I wanted to talk to you about in John 1.4, which is what Wyatt read. Light is the life of all men. The scripture that David read in, in Ephesians 5 and verses 13 and 14, it says that whatever has been made visible is light. So in the Old Testament, when God said the very first thing God ever said, light be. God was making a declaration of visibility. Not lumens. Lumens are what the sun's shining in here right now with. He wasn't saying lumens be. He was saying light be, which is visibility. Period. So that's what the Bible's saying. Anything exposed by the light becomes visible. The only reason you see color in this room is because the way that the lumens hit the various cells in whatever's made up of it causes a reflection, which causes light to reflect the color that you're seeing. It is not the color is just the color. Light has to make color. You need light to see color. You need light to see anything, right? So if that's the case, then in John 10, 37 and 38, he says, the works that I do believe. Here's what Jesus was saying. Guys, I've come and I've told you I'm the light of the world. And now I've told you, believe in me and you'll be children of the light. But guess what? They weren't believing him. So here's the statement. If you're not going to believe me, then believe in the works that I do. Why? Because the works that I do, I do because the Father who sent me has given me the power to to do those works. So what are the works of light? Healing, deliverance, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, right? Giving Giving poor widows back their dead sons. So Jesus was saying this, what have I done wrong when somebody, remember they slapped him before the, before the crucifixion? He says, what have I done wrong among you? Have I not only done good deeds? See, Jesus, who's the light of the world, is the life of all men, says, do the works of life that the light may shine. So when he's telling us this, don't even just, you don't even have to believe in me, just believe in the works. Why? Because if they'll at least see that the works of life are what come from light, then they can believe in who Jesus is. It's what Dave said. It's that you cannot have repentance in your life unless you see the light. Where do you think this phrase came from? So many of our phrases in, in just in life, they come from the Bible. They come from spiritual and scriptural things. You know, that, that light 
Well, I'm glad you finally see the light. Right? You've heard that statement? What that is, is God saying, if you can see the light, you can believe in it. And so that's why, why do you think Todd White has given his life and other people, but why do you think they've given their lives to being on the streets to do the works of life? It's not to make a name for themselves. It's so that Jesus Christ can be believed in. It's when a Muslim man doesn't believe in Jesus at all and has his legs healed, suddenly has to have an explanation for why did I just get healed by a person who says they love me even though I hate them? I'm seeing there's something about this that might have light and life to it. Now I have to reconcile. Do I just reject it and run away or do I accept this thing and go, go toward it? Do you see what I'm saying? So the works Jesus did cause people to have a sword in their life. The works of life will put a sword in people's lives. You either have to accept it and go toward him or you have to reject it and walk away from him. But as soon as you let the love of God on somebody's life, they have to make the decision. That's the whole intention. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword because I want to bring everybody to a dividing point of either come after me or go away from me. But it's their choice. My heart is everyone come after me. That's why his works were not to destroy them. His works were to build them up and to make them stronger and to make them whole. Okay, so that's our call. We're a prophetic picture of Jesus. So if we're the prophetic picture of Jesus, we're the sons of light, we're the children of light, you know how you let your light shine? Regardless of your behavior, you go and do the works of life. That's why he said, whatever you do, go. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out the demons, and raise the dead. Why? Because you can do those things with Jesus, whether or not you're being rude and crude and mean and upsetting right now in this very moment, even though you are in Christ, because there's no condemnation for you if you're in Christ. So you don't have to clean yourself up to go out and heal somebody. Do you get it? That's the messed up mentality of religion that says, well, I probably shouldn't pray for anybody right now because I'm dealing with some stuff. Jesus is saying, go pray for somebody right now because they don't need to believe in you and they need to believe in the works that I'm doing so that they can have light and life and then walk in me, not in you. It's actually sometimes greater to go in those places. Why? Because you need the transformation as much as the person needs the transformation. Once you start serving God, you'll start seeing transformation in your own heart. And it keeps you out of condemnation and out of that place of misery and, and guilt, you know, being ridden by this guilt. So they see the good works. Matthew five fourteen and 16, that's what Don read. They see the good works that we do and they glorify the Father. See, if you do nicelies for men, they'll glorify you. If you just become this face that just tries to do nicely things for men, it's for your reason of you're just trying to keep people happy with you. But then it's really all about you. If you do the works of the Father, you pray for somebody and a tumor falls off them, you pray for somebody, their eyes open, you pray for somebody, a demon comes out of them, they know that they know that you didn't just do that. You can smile and be happy and be their friend all day long trying to build yourself up in their eyes, or you can do the works of God and then they're suddenly going, glorify you, Father. I glorify the Father because this thing's happening outside of the realm of my ability to understand. So here's the crux of it. Jesus said that he's the light and he's the life. Ephesians 5, 13 and 14 said this, anything that becomes visible is light. The father knew that all through the Old Testament, nobody really understood who he was. They never really understood who he was. So that was the whole intention of Jesus becoming visible. It's for this purpose that I came. To destroy the works of the evil one, who is the father of 
lies and has been lying from the beginning. And he has created an entire generation of people who believe that I'm not as good as I really am. And they don't believe that I am eternal life. They think that through studying the scriptures, they can have eternal life when it's the scriptures who are pointing at me. That's what the Father's saying. So then the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, who's the light and the life of all men, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And if you say that you dwell with Him, but you walk in darkness, you're a liar because you're saying something that's not true. See, this is all the Bible. This is how the Bible ties Jesus to the light and ties us to the light. And how did you become light? I believed in Jesus. Matthew 6 says this, The eye of the body is the lamp Right? The eye is the lamp of the body. And if that eye is not, there's two words, clear and whole. Also meaning single and whole. Some scriptures they say healthy. But here's the point. If your focus is divided, then the insides of you will be divided. And darkness has opportunity to rest. But if your eye will be singularly focused on the face of Christ, the finished work of Jesus the grace of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus, the life of Jesus, then your insides are going to be full of light. And why are you doing that? Because you believe in the light. So that's what Matthew 6 is talking about. So here's, here's the irony of humanity and religion. And I was in religion classes, so I know this is true. This is being taught across the evangelical church today at large. The law is broken down into three segments. Ceremonial law, judicial law, and moral law. I'm telling you, this is what's being taught to many men who are coming out to be pastors and leaders, women who are coming out to be leaders in the body of Christ. This is what's being taught. Three forms of law, ceremonial, judicial, and moral. You get that? Here's the statement. Jesus fulfilled ceremonial by becoming the sacrifice. Jesus fulfilled the judicial by bearing the wrath of God. But you are still required to operate under the moral law. That's what's being taught. And I want to say very boldly and without any regret, that is untrue. And here's why. Christianity was never intended to be a moral teaching. It was not moral reformation. It was not about an immoral people becoming moral. It was never about that. It's about a radical, divine revelation of wrong belief. And the opposite being true of what you've always believed. Christianity is not about how good you're going to be or how bad you're going to be. Christianity is about what are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? That's it. That's the bottom line. And here's the reality of it. If you will believe in the light, you will become light. People think that if I will try to be like the light, I will look like the light. And that is not scriptural. Scripture says, believe in the light and you'll become light. Period. Which means, in your failure, you still shine as the light of God. That's hard for us to wrap our brains around because this whole thing about morality and moral teaching and behavior has consumed the Western church. That's why our bowls aren't continuously overflowing with more and more and more. Because we've restricted God down to a bunch of set of rules and laws that we can't keep and therefore judge each other about not keeping. So here's what's going to happen. This last day's move of God is going to come and it's going to look 
completely, horrendously immoral in some cases. The church is not going to be able to wrap their brain around what God's doing. And I'm just going to say that a prophetic declaration. And here's why. People like Brian Head Welch are going to get saved and God's going to send them back to be the lead singer of corn so that he can minister to people who no one else would ever be able to touch. And the church will look at it and go wrong because that kind of music is wrong and this kind of situation is wrong and that thing. And they're going to moralize the entire situation and miss the heart of the father. And I'm not Brian Head Welch, so I'm not called to go and sing in a, in a music band called Corn. I'm not even called to go to their concerts. And in fact, I have a good friend who's a good friend of Brian Head Welch. They've been all over the place together. They've done tons of ministry together. And God told him, they're, I mean, they're close. Holy Spirit came to him and said, you are not allowed to listen to Corn's music anymore. Why? Because what is a liberty for one is not a liberty for all. That's the kingdom. But see, God is not, he's not a God who's up in heaven going, I don't know what to do with all the fans that are going to go to the corn concert tonight. I don't know what to do with them. I, hope, I, don't, I just hope somebody can get the boldness to go in there and share Jesus with them. What I'm saying to you guys is this. The people that are going to start fellowshipping with us aren't going to walk in their P's and their Q's. They might cuss sometimes. They might have issues sometimes. They might have things that are going wrong. But guess what? If they are in Christ, there is no condemnation for them. So we as a church have to see them as the light. And we have to be the light to see the light. And when you see the light, you can speak life. But see, what happens in the church is we're looking for darkness all the time. We're saying, how much darkness? How much, how much darkness? How much darkness? How to correct the darkness? I, there's a little bit of darkness here. Let's correct the darkness. I can just say this is the most simple way to correct the darkness in your church family at large. Believe in the light. You believe in the light. And as soon as your eyes start searching somebody for darkness, why don't you just take your eyes off that person and focus back with the Matthew 6.22 eye and say, you know what? Jesus is light. And Jesus loves this person. And in that case, see, we don't become a bunch of people in the last day's move of God who get hindered and hamstrung by how people are behaving and miss the point of how the Spirit wants to be poured out. I'm telling you guys, the Spirit's going to use people that are going to shake the religion straight out of people. They're either, it's going to be a dividing line. And we're either going to be, and I'm, I just want to be personal and honest with you right now. This message makes me extremely nervous inside because I'm not good at this. I like the P's and Q's and I like, why? Because I love Jesus and I know that he is morally upright in every way. And I know that he walks without a shadow of turning or change. I want to walk in that and I do. I walk in that because I believe in him. However, that makes me no better or worse than the guy who comes in and gets saved tomorrow and still is struggling in every way and needing deliverance in every way. And my past tendencies have been to work on the darkness instead of continue on pressing in the light. So what I'm making a personal declaration to you guys is this isn't an easy thing for me any more so than it is for you to probably hear. But we need to be people of the light. And I need to be a person of light and see the life that Jesus put in people because this last day's move is going to be awesome. And I have told the Lord, I do not want to miss it. I don't want my critiques, my judgments, my heart, my past, anything to hinder what you're going to do in this move of your spirit.
Nothing. I don't want to box him in. I don't want to close him down. I don't want to restrict him. I don't, I, in any way, I just want the King of Glory to come in and be himself among us. Because it's exactly what you said. This community needs to see bowls that will not go empty. And I want to, that's a prophetic declaration to the body of Christ. Because you know how many people have come into the body of Christ? But the bowl ran empty very fast because they didn't start behaving like the rest of the church. And they turned the bowl over and said, if you don't get it straight, you don't get another meal. Why do you think the bowls run empty? Jesus wants a bunch of churches that are going to be so ready to just continue on giving another helping. You need another helping? Here's another helping. You need more grace? Here's grace. Because you know what? Jesus did it for us. How much grace has he extended to any one of us? How much grace? How many of us have been in the, in the desperation and the despair of every continuous situation that has tried to plague us and destroy us? And Jesus said, here's more grace. Here's more grace. Here's more grace. And the body of Christ takes the grace that we've been given, turns around and chokes our friend and says, no more grace for you. No more grace for you because I've given you grace 10 times. I've given you grace 15 times. I've given you grace 30 times. I've given you grace this many times. And Jesus never put his hand on our throat, ever. And he just poured out more grace. And he even said, actually, where your sin's abounding, there's going to be super abundant grace. So it is the Goshen. I'm so glad you brought that scripture out because it is this Goshen land that we live in. Is that the body of Christ in the last days, it's not going to look perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But it's going to dwell in a place where the light is going to consume the darkness. Here's the deal. If we will really speak the truth to people's lives, they will begin to walk as Jesus walked. He said, you can't be my disciple and not live the life that I lived. So it isn't our responsibility. Our responsibility is keep pointing them to the life of Jesus. Keep pointing them to the focus on Jesus. Keep telling them, tell yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you are, your life is going to transform and you will become more pure and more holy as you walk out. And I don't mean holy in the sense of, Holy. We're holy when Jesus saved us. We're set apart. But there's a process where these things that we once liked disappear. These desires of the flesh, they just keep falling off. Right? They're going to fall off. (laughs) They're just going to... Oh, I love it. So, I just wrote this. This move of God will not be about morality, but about magnifying Jesus in right believing. Works of light and life will flow from one single fountainhead. The life of Jesus. Ephesians 5.8 says we are the light. Colossians 1.12 says that it's the Father who qualified us. See, if you leave today feeling like it's your requirement to qualify yourself, the works of life will not be pouring out of you. But if you'll leave today believing that He's the light, believing that He qualified you and put a period at the end of that, now you can go out and say, regardless of who I am, the works of life can be done through me. Isn't that awesome? Yes. This is just awesome to me. I just feel like, I don't know, there's so much liberty in who the Holy Spirit of God really is. Among us, with us, the scriptures that you guys read... Anybody got anything?